The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this bonus episode of the Heat Check, we've got Spotrack's resident NBA insider Keith Smith on the show to give his incredible insight into all the news that's happening around the NBA draft. And as always, Keith was amazing, always insightful, always plugged in. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Nick, let's get it rolling and drop that motherfucking beat. This should be Rihanna. We start out by asking Keith the big question that's on everybody's mind. Who is going number two in the NBA draft? We'll see. I mean, you know, I think Charlotte, it's very cliche to say the draft starts with X team. But in this case, it really is true. We all know Victor Wambanyama is going first. So that really means the draft is going to start with Charlotte at two. And I think what Charlotte's trying to do to at least some extent is tell the New Orleans Pelicans, who are known to want Scoot Henderson, that, hey, if you want him, you're going to trade up to two. If, if you want to get him, you know, otherwise you're not getting him. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll take him and we'll move, move along. And maybe that's a bluff. You know, we'll see uh, all the mock drafts. The guys who do this for a living are still saying uh, for the most part, Brandon Miller goes number two, but, but I think Scoot Henderson's in play. And I think, you know, these late draft week workouts, which both of those guys are reportedly going to go back into Charlotte to work out. Those can often swing things. Keith, I don't think Portland wants Brandon Miller, me personally. Uh, They worked out Cam Whitmore before him. I think they would really like to not have to make that decision. Uh, Is there any possibility, given the fact that we're betting this NBA draft, is there any possibility that if Scoot goes to, that Portland would go in a different direction than Brandon Miller? That'd be tough to see. I mean, there's got – so my personal kind of board in my tears is Victor Wembanyama. so far ahead of everybody. You can't even see him. 
that has Scoot Henderson all by himself in the next group. I think he's going to be great. I think he'd be the number one pick in most drafts that, you know, don't include a generational superstar. And then I've got Brandon Miller. I've got, you know, Cam Whitmore on level with him. I really like him quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I like Jerry Walker out, out of uh, Houston. I think he's going to be really good too. The, the Thompson twins, you know, I don't have, I have Miller at the top of that group, but I don't separate it. So, I think Portland, if Scoot Henderson's not there, I think you probably see far more likely that they're on the phone saying, hey, who wants to trade up? Who wants to get, you know, Brandon Miller? Who wants to go in a different direction here? And they try to get out of it if Scoot's not sitting there at three. And if Scoot is sitting there at three, they may still be working the phone saying, all right, New Orleans, you want to come up? You know what it's going to cost you to get up up here to number three. A lot of speculation on what potential draftees will move up the board. Keith gives us some great insight, and then we dive in into what the Washington Wizards might be doing in this draft. Yeah, Kobe Bufkin's drawn a lot of uh, love this week. He's kind of that late riser right now. He was a kid who was, you know, I would say a month or two ago, maybe pre-combine. He was sitting in the you know, late, late, in the 20s. And now, you know, we're starting to talk about, you know, maybe he breaks in, you know, to, to the back half of the lottery. So probably not going to get all the way into the top 10. Um, you know, and then I think if I remember right, too, he's one of the kids who quit workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, which that generally means that there's a promise out there from somebody. So, so we'll see what, what that looks like. But he's definitely a guy uh, that some people have talked about coming up. You know, the board's pretty high. Obviously, Wizards are rebuilding. They've blown it up. The ship is uh, on fire. I'm really curious, though, what direction they go with the point guard position. It seems like that's what they're going to do in terms of the draft. Like, if you were to guess, maybe a playmaking point guard like an Anthony Black if he's there, or maybe a, a combo guard like an Asar Thompson? Or do you think that they take somebody who's more of a score first point guard or like a defender like a Cason Wallace uh, or maybe even like reach for a Nick Smith? Yeah, I think it's probably Anthony Black. I think he's kind of got the uh, makings of everything you want in a modern point guard. He's got good size. He can score. He can really play make. Um, I think he's a kid that they would see. Our, we can really build around him. Uh, moving forward, the other guys, there's not that Anthony Black is a perfect prospect by any means, but those other guys all have a ton of questions around them. I think maybe if I'm in Thompson, somehow drops to the Wizards, they'd probably be all over that. Um, but but I, I think it's probably going to be Anthony Black at that spot that's you know reading most of the most of the mocks. And again, the people who are hyper focused on this stuff that that seems to be where most people are locking into. But maybe maybe there's a swerve that comes. But but that seems to be the direction that they're going. And then we'll find out. You know, do they partner part or pair him with Monty Morris for for a year, or do they move Monty Morris in, in a separate deal as they kind of to kick off that full scale rebuild there in Washington? Yeah. Quick follow up on that. Do you think that there's a possibility? because I'm seeing in the news that the Spurs might try to move up to try to get Anthony Black as well. And I know that the Wizards probably want as many picks and young players as possible. Do you see that being a possibility, some sort of trade on draft night with the Spurs and the Wizards? I mean, it, it could happen. I tend to, you know, a lot of times when you hear Spurs rumors, I kind of disregard them <laughs> out of hand because yeah. nothing gets out of San Antonio, right? right. I, I think that's often coming from another team, you know, trying to, you know, either use the Spurs as, you know, kind of that cap space boogie monster if it's an agent or they're using them as, you know, the, 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 uh, 
you know, idea of, you know, all right, you know, hey, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're in talks with San Antonio and they're trying to trade up. So if you want to get up here, you better, better make that move. I think it's more likely, you know, you could see, you know, maybe a team like Orlando try to move up mm. a little bit or, or, you know, Indiana could, could do that. They've got a bunch of picks. Utah has a bunch of picks that, that they could go forward. I think, you know, some of these teams are looking at it and saying, hey, having a whole bunch of picks is really nice. But what, it's a struggle with Oklahoma City. They're another team that's try to trade up. Is our finding out is it sounds good until you have to roster all these guys and you run out of roster spots pretty quick. Keith then digs into the Orlando Magic and what they might be up to in this draft, and then gives us a little insight into one of the most polarizing figures in the draft in Grady Dick. Very insightful stuff here. Yeah, I think they'd love to move up if they could. The problem is. You're talking putting six and eleven together, and you're probably the highest you're going to get is two picks. So unless you love whoever's there at four, I, I don't think that's going to be the direction it goes. I think they'll, they're they're probably more likely to just stand pat, use both of their picks, and and keep things moving. You know, shooting wise, yeah, it's you know with Orlando, well, what I always look for is you know guys who are uh, generally two way players, guys who can play both offense and defense, and guys who have you know good athleticism and good size. That tends to be what they've prioritize you know keep an eye on taylor hendricks uh jeff weltman mad magic uh you know front office uh leader said today you know he was raving about hendricks now there's a local connection because he went to ucf here in orlando um but you know that he was talking about you know what a great kid he was and a good workout that he had and that's the kind of kid i think they could see hey we plug him into a front court that features you know paulo bancaro and franz wagner yeah we feel pretty good about that moving forward Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, and they obviously need a point guard, too, and I've seen, Keith, that they're getting mocked uh, at to get Grady Dick at 11, and that doesn't – if they get Taylor Hendricks, that doesn't really solve their point guard issue. Uh, what do you think they do in terms of solving that need? Yeah, I think they would push back, uh, you know, relatively hard on that. They love Markel Fultz. Wow. You know, they, 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 they think he is – you know, he's figured stuff out. He stayed generally healthy over the last year or so, and he's played really, really well for them. They also really like Cole Anthony quite a bit, too. So, you know, there's not a prospect that I think screams that guy's going to come in and be our starting point guard for the next, you know, half decade or more. So I, I think they're more likely to take, you know, the best player available. You know, if that happens to be one of the guards, great. You know, if, you know, if one of those really good guards that's in there at 11 and they feel like that's the guy for them, then they'll do that. I think they also know, hey, we've got $20 million plus in cap space and we've got a whole bunch of tradable guys, whether it's through trade or through a direct signing, we can always add another guard if we need to that way. But they, they like their guard mix mm. there because they've not given up on Jalen Suggs either, who they, they still feel like, you know, hey, if we can keep him on the floor – uh, every time he starts playing well, he picks up another injury, and then it's back to square one. But if we can keep him on the floor, he's pretty good. They really like Gary Harris, too. So I don't know that they're pushing as hard to add a guard to that group as a lot of outside people think. Just really quickly follow up on that. Do you think those Grady Dick rumors then are true? Because he's not a, a two-way guy. He's probably a, a slightly a defensive liability. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think you know, I, I, the challenge that I'm having a little bit, 
with Grady Dick. I think his people look at it and they see, oh, white kid from Kansas, he must be just like Christian Brown. And they, they couldn't be more different as players. Right. You know, Brown, super athletic, he gets after it, he hustles, plays defense really hard. I think Grady Dick's the kind of guy, we'll find out in the NBA if you can kind of work with his defensive limitations. Franz Wagner was a guy a lot of people are like, this guy's never going to hold up defensively. And he's been just fine. So, you know, if they feel like, hey, what he adds is shooting that we really do need on this roster and we feel like we can make it work around our other guys who play defense, they'll, they'll go that direction. I don't think they'll worry about it too much. Can't get Keith out of here without giving his opinion on the Bradley Beal to Phoenix trade. As a resident capologist at Track. he, of course, had incredible insight into this wild-ass trade. Listen and learn. I don't, I'm not as down on it as some folks were for either side. You know, I, yeah. I saw a lot of people you know, saying Washington got nothing and they're killing them. And, and I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, what in the world is Phoenix doing? How are they going to build a roster? But I looked at it and Phoenix said, hey, it was now or never to cash in on Chris Paul's uh, contract. We Next year, you know, when all the new salary cap rules come in play for the most expensive teams, they wouldn't have been able to do a trade like this. So they're looking at it and saying, all right, let's get it done. And if they feel like, you know what, well, we'll blow past that. We'll fill out with re-signing our own guys. We'll fill out with minimums. We feel like we can build a completely competitive team you know, around that. Maybe they trade DeAndre Ayton and break him up into you know, two or three players. They, if they feel like that's the way, we'll go. But I'd put the over-under on games played where they all play in the same game for Durant, Booker, and Beal probably at like 50. I, you know, those, those guys are all a good bet to miss sometime it's going to be a little bit bumpy at first it always is with these super teams i think people forget that that heat team started out i think it was 10 and 10 before they really figured stuff out so you know it takes a little while for that to come together but i think it it can work and be pretty good because the one thing with this group that is nice is all three of those guys have played with other star players before all three of those guys can shoot so they can play off the ball so that makes it a lot easier than some of these other constructions where it's been, yeah, I've always been the guy. So I need the ball and I need to be the one who runs the show and does all those things. And or, you know, one of the three guys can't really play away from the ball uh, very effectively. So that changes the math on it quite a bit. In this case, the Suns don't have those problems. So I don't mind it at all for them, provided they can build, you know, some functional depth in there because they're going to need it because, you know, everybody's saying who's going to stop these guys in the playoffs. Well, the first 82 count too, and you got to get, you know, you don't want to be going into the playoffs as, you know, fourth or fifth seed, uh, you know, and making your path a lot harder than it needs to be. Yeah, no doubt, Keith. Uh, obviously, Chris Paul still doesn't have a home. He's in Washington, won't play a game here. Um, Warriors have been rumored to be trying to maybe make a move. Uh, maybe Chris Paul has been rumored. What, what do you think the Warriors do? Do you think they try to move up in this draft? Do you think they try to maybe trade Chris uh, trade for Chris Paul, move Jordan Poole and try to get another first round pick out of that. Like what do you see happening with the dubs? Yeah, the Chris Paul stuff is weird to me. I I mean I get it. I'm sure they'd love to have him, but you'd have to give up another guy who's a you know a key rotation player for them and you know most likely that probably starts with Jordan Poole. And if I'm the Wizards, I'm not sure, you know, after I just wiped out you know, two hundred million for Bradley Beal, and I want to take on you know one hundred and thirty million for Jordan Poole. I'm not sure that's the direction they really want to go. So, so I think you're in a spot there where that that just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah. You know, where that that why that would come together. I think you know Chris Paul is probably he's probably going to ultimately be headed to one of the two LA teams, either the Lakers after a waiver, or you know maybe he heads to the Clippers if they you know can put together a couple expiring salaries and a draft pick or something for him. Uh, it, to go back to the Warriors though, it sounds like they're 
you know, at least open to talking about trading Jonathan Kaminga uh, with the idea of, you know, maybe it's Kaminga in 19 to move up for a player that they really liked in the draft. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see that that's been kind of thrown out there. Kaminga through, you know, some gas on that fire by saying, you know, Hey, I'm going to go on a workout tour this summer and show everybody what I can do. And, you know, try to try to prove to people I can really play. And, you know, that's generally not the kind of thing that has flown real well with the Warriors over these uh, past you know, decade or so since they've come to prominence. So, yeah, I think they're going to be active trying to fill out their rotation. But for the most part, it's probably going to be, let's get Draymond Green re-signed. Let's try to sync his contract up with Stephen Curry. They'll probably extend Clay Thompson for a couple years, and then they'll just keep, keep that thing moving as best they can uh, over the next three seasons. Finally, I ask Keith, who will be the team to make the next big move? Great stuff as always. Yeah, I think Miami may still be. I think they're they're hoping and praying that something goes sideways with Damian Lillard in Portland and he wants out. That's you know very, very clear that's the direction they, they would love to go. But I think Portland's gonna be aggressive. I don't think they're gonna trade Damian Lillard. I think they're probably gonna move three and other stuff and try to put a winner around Dame again. I feel very confident we won't see Damian Lillard in the number three pick on the yeah. same roster, at least not for very long. Um, I think Toronto is going to do something. It feels like they've got to pick a direction. You can't just kind of yeah. keep floating around with, with what they've got. So that, that's where you know, those are the kind of teams that, that I'm looking at and really I think everybody else is looking at. One other thing that I'll throw very quickly is a lot of people are looking at and saying, hey, the Suns went all in and they're going to blow Thanks, right past the super tax line. Let's go. That's all the time that we have for this bonus episode of the Heat Check. Many thanks to Keith Smith. Follow him on Twitter at Keith Smith, MBA. The interview was conducted on BetMGM tonight. Many thanks to my co-host, Ryan Horvat, who you can hear throughout these bonus episodes, and our producer, Scott Lynn. Do not forget to download, subscribe, tell all your friends, every single damn one of them. More bonus episodes to come all draft week. So make sure you plug in, subscribe, download, follow us on social, This Heat Check at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. We will see you next time.